Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. So today, as we continue our journey in building healthy organizations, we've talked about and really realized that happens one person at a time. And today I want to focus more on some of the brain science, but in a very practical way. How do certain things happen? For instance, we're going to talk today specifically about a scientific phenomenon known as hot cognition. What does that mean? And I've subtitled this, When the Brain Achieves Warp Speed. It's really when the entire brain lights up, including the rational and emotional sides of the brain, everything lights up and it really moves things forward. It helps the person make good decisions, helps them start to pour energy into the effort. And it's really critical in certain areas uh, in organizations, leadership for sure, Um also sales and revenue generation. But the reality is it's important in every part of an organization that people are able to influence others. I'm going to make a statement here. So much of our success actually resides in other people, in their decisions, in their actions, in their engagement with the effort. Wait a minute, you say, my success is my own. Well, that's why I said I just want to make a statement about that. And I think I'll be able to show you how most of the time that's an accurate statement. So let's take uh, a hypothetical. Let's say you are on a deserted island all by yourself. While the lack of noise and electronic devices might be enjoyable for a while, I know I enjoy unplugging every once in a while. The reality is that true success, how much can you really have on your own where you're not engaged or involved with other people? I think that's an important question to ask. I mean, if you look at social media today, you look at people making millions and millions of dollars a year uh, using the tools of social media If it weren't for other people, that would not exist. So if you think about it for a minute, even specific people, specific jobs that we think might be more singular, those people are surrounded by others. For instance, professional athletes, they have coaches, they have trainers, they have others who are a part of their team. Astronauts have huge teams of people supporting them. School teachers have support systems and a community of people to help them succeed. First responders have an entire network of support and people ready to help them. Successful investors have advisors. Business owners have executive teams and senior leaders. So I think you can see where this is going. Success includes other people, and most of the time, it means influencing other people. 
I started my influence career early. When I was about two years old, I was trying to influence my parents. And I realized and learned some things along the way. Number one, you have a better chance of getting the answer you want if you try to influence them separately. When you do it when they're together, they tend to present a unified front. Uh, and I, and again, I think you see where this is going. We start influencing very, very early in life. Now, when we first start it, we're not all that effective at it, uh, but it is a part of what we do. And we're hardwired to connect with other people, to influence other people. So, you know, as I learn my lessons in lessons in influence, let's fast forward 20 years later. I was getting out of college. I was trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? Uh, what is What kind of work do I want to do? What is the impact that I want to have on the world and, and on the people around me? I've always been what I call a student of people. I like to watch and learn from others. Uh, I was that kid who actually listened to old people. By the way, just a quick caveat there. Um, Old is a relative term. I realize old today is vastly different than what I thought it used to be. Um, And that may have something to do with me moving forward in my life and reaching those golden years. But um, anyway, back to my story. I realize that other people learn important life lessons. And if I would listen to them, if I would pay attention, not just to what they're saying, not just to their story, but the wisdom and the learning that came out of that, it actually provided better insight for me to make better decisions. Um, And people have very interesting stories. They have a lot of wisdom. Uh, They've gone through a lot of tough stuff in their lives. And frankly, I've always been someone who would rather learn from someone else's experience or pain, uh, for, for lack of a better word, than to have to go through that myself. Now, granted, there are those those times when we all have to go through some form of pain, some classroom where we have to learn a certain lesson. So several decades ago, I noticed something interesting. I noticed an interesting phenomenon in myself. When someone was sharing something with me that was highly engaging and brought real clarity to, say, a specific type of situation or a specific type of problem to be solved, when they revealed to me something interesting, something new, through their sharing of their story, their experience, their expertise, it was like my entire brain just lit up and I had one of those epiphany moments. And the emotion that I felt in that moment, whatever those emotions were, they tended to be action-oriented emotions to give me drive, to give me motivation and inspiration to move forward with things. Again, fast forward to today. 
After decades of business and life experience, years of working with the tools of psychology, and a lifetime love of learning, especially about people and how their brains work, I now understand what was happening in those moments. The term we call it today is hot cognition, when emotions impact rational thinking. That's the American Psychological Society definition, or pardon me, the APA, American Psychological Association's definition for hot cognition. And I think it's important to to reiterate that, when emotions impact rational thinking. Now, some folks might say, ooh, that's a that's horrible. That's a bad thing. You don't want to emotions to impact things. I don't agree with that with that point of view. And let me explain why I say that. Emotions help us make our best decisions, but not if you let them run rampant. If you can't feel which is the best option, how do you choose the the right way to go? How do you choose the next step? How do you go forward? You have to be able to integrate your whole brain to get your best outcomes. So the question is, why is all this stuff important? Why am I talking about this thing called hot cognition? Let's explore that very important question. If I ask you to list the top three challenges to you getting the outcomes you want, my guess is that at least one of those would include other people. And it may include multiple people in that case. So let's step back a moment and think about that. I have a couple of exercises I want you to do. And I promise it's not going to hurt that much. Uh, And I think you'll potentially see, I hope, the door will open for you where you gain insight uh, and applications for enhancing your success. Remember, today we're focused on influence and how do we ignite hot cognition in the minds of other people. And I I haven't said that yet, but that's where we're headed. How do we utilize this thing called brain science or neuroscience, emotional intelligence, uh, rational intelligence? How do we integrate all of that? How do we use it to be a better leader, to be more successful in sales, frankly, to be more successful as a leader in any effort in life, even leading your own life? How do I motivate myself better when I'm when I'm having a downtime? And so much of that resides in the way we're wired and how we can best approach um, influencing not just others, but ourselves as well. So first exercise, think of two or three things that distract you and that drain one or more of your most precious assets, time, focus, and energy. Okay, so you start with two or three things that distract you and and tend to drain time, focus, and energy from you. I'm going to give you just a second to think about those two or three things that do that for you. Okay, 
you've got some of those things in your mind right now that distract, disrupt, and and really drain you of of really three of your most important assets, time, focus, and energy. Now, how long does it take for you to get your mind off of the distraction or disruption and back on what you were trying to do before that? How long does it take to do that? And the next question that goes right along with that, what percentage of your time, focus, and energy are actually available to you after the distraction or disruption? Let me explain that a little better. If you are midway through your day and you've got about 75% of your energy left and all of a sudden you get distracted or disrupted and it creates an emotional uh, load for you to carry and you're trying to figure things out and you know it can be a call about a, a child with a problem at school it could be um, a loved one that that you that it interrupts you and tells you that somebody had to go to the hospital it could be it could be just a simple you get an email and you're not sure what it means or how it's going to impact your project or your sale, or your your team, or whatever that is. But every one of those things comes with an emotional load. It creates emotions that you have to deal with. So if you still have 75% of your energy, you have to spend some of that in dealing with that um, so that you can then go back to doing the things that you needed to do in the first place. So that's what I mean by what percentage is available to you after the distraction and disruption. I mean, is it 70%? Is it 60%? Is it 50%? How much do you pour into that distraction or disruption? We know for a fact that it will be less than before the distraction and disruption. We know that. I mean, that's just common sense. All right. Second exercise. So keep that exercise and what you thought of in that exercise. Keep those in your mind. The second exercise. I want you to think of two or three people that are important for you to have influence with. And I want you to think of people that are struggling right now. These are people important for you to have influence with. It could be at work, it could be at home, it could be relationships, it doesn't really matter, but I want there to be a condition for those people that that make the list, and that is they're struggling right now with something. You can tell. So get one or two or even three of those people in your mind. Now, here's the first question. Do you know what is going on in their lives that is impacting them, creating a struggle for them? Second question, do you know everything that they're dealing with? You know what we tend to do? We tend to say, oh, they've got marital problems and that's causing all the issues. But usually issues don't come in in ones. <laughs> they usually come in groups. And so it's easy for us to categorize or or 
pigeonhole things for people and just say, oh, it's this thing that's causing all this. But it may be a lot more than that. And I think that second question is very important. Do you know everything that they're dealing with? And we all know the answer to that is no, we don't. We literally only know unless somebody is extremely close to us. If it's somebody at work, we probably know 15 to 20% about them. Maybe not even that much. So to think that we know everything that may be impacting them would, would really be a stretch. Now, third part of this exercise, can you put yourself into their shoes for a few minutes and see things from their perspective? Well, the reality is the only way you can do that is if you know what their perspective is, if you know what it is that's impacting them. And not just one or two things, but do you have a good sense of the different and various things that are impacting their lives right now? Now, the purpose of these two exercises is to help us all connect the dots between ourselves and between other people. So we're connecting the dots between ourselves and other people. Here is what we know. Number one, we're all dealing with many different things at the same time. A lot of things are going on in your life right now, just as they are with everybody else. Number two, many of those things could be the same things. Some of the stuff you're dealing with could very well be the same kinds of things that other people are dealing with. Number three, I've talked about the energy exchange before. Energy goes internal in ourselves first to deal with what we are carrying around or our emotional load. Then what's left over can go to external efforts. Number four, every distraction or disruption also creates additional emotional load, even if it's small. And that emotional load is cumulative. It builds up over time, and that means more energy is required to go internally to maintain balance, so less energy is available to go externally. So where is all this going, you ask? Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about hot cognition and influencing other people. We are, but until you understand the baseline that you're dealing with, every person is unique. Every person is going through a unique set of circumstances. You have to take that into account if you want to be your most influential with other people. Everybody's dealing with a lot of things at the same time. And the noise, the noise of life and work are constant distractors and disruptors. I mean, how many emails do you get a day? Other people are getting the same number or more. Uh, how many phone calls, how many, how many text messages, all of these things, these electronic means, and not just electronic. It may be a conversation that's had. It may be a variety of things. It all adds to the noise in life and work that people are dealing with. So if you're competing with these things that are demanding energy from the people that you want to influence then how do you break through the noise, the distractions, the disruptions, the emotional load? 
That is a very good question. But it's not as difficult to do as you might think. Before we can influence someone, two things have to happen. We have to connect with them, interact with them, and then we need to build trust. There really isn't much influence outside of those two things. Sounds easy, right? Well, actually, it is. But only when you do it in a specific way and follow some key steps along that path. And that is what we're going to look at now. Connection plus trust equals influence. Connection. What is connection? It's actively listening. It's asking good questions to gain insight. It's taking the time to really understand where somebody's coming from, to truly understand their perspective. And that doesn't mean just hear them. It means listen to them and understand where they're coming from. If you want to influence people, if influencing them is important to you, then those are the key steps in connection that have to happen so that you will have a better idea of where they are and how you can best connect with them to to gain influence. So what is this trust thing or trust building? Um, I've shared this before in previous episodes. There's an equation that I use. Trust equals credibility, how credible am I, plus reliability, do I do what I say I'm going to do, do I follow through, plus connection, and we've already talked about connection. So it's credibility plus reliability plus connection divided by our self-interest, our self-agenda, basically how important do we make ourselves in that interaction. I mean, if we're the most important person in the room, the other person's not going to build a lot of trust with us because it's going to be pretty obvious that our agenda is the one that's most important and their needs are not so important. So you can see how this equation works. Trust equals credibility plus reliability plus connection divided by our own self-interest or, or self-agenda. The key here is influence is something you build over time. The way that you build it is to make deposits of connection and deposits of trust or trust building into what I call the influence bank account. It, like any bank account, the more you have in there, the more you can spend. Now, spending it correctly is important, and we're going to get to that in a minute. How can we best use the influence that we have built up or, or the deposits we have made into that influence account? There are pathways to greater influence. I train and coach on these fundamental elements of success. Uh, and brain science is behind all of it. So let's look briefly at some of the brain science. So f- we talked about this hot cognition, specifically hot cognition in influencing somebody else. What is it? Simply engaging the whole brain when you are influencing someone else. I call it igniting moments of hot cognition 
in the brain of the person that you're influencing, whether that's an employee or uh, somebody you're doing consulting or coaching with, or maybe if you're a salesperson, it's your buyer. It's being able to help them ignite those moments of hot cognition in their own brain. So there's four basic steps to doing that. And this is where I want to spend a little bit of time. Now, I'm going to go through this quickly at first, and I'm going to share the science behind it because there's real science. There's real scientific things going on. The first step, the person you're influencing needs to be able to trust you as a person, personal trust. If that happens, oxytocin is released. Oxytocin is that familial hormone, that 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 neurotransmitter that tells people they're in a safe and a, a, a warm environment, kind of a family type of environment. That's very important. And, and having that basis to build on uh, really can move things forward. Second, the person being influenced can see the rewards of agreeing with you, of working with you, of buying into what you're selling, whether you're a salesperson or a leader or whatever the role is. Maybe you're a parent and you're trying to help your children see there are better ways to do things. Um, if they can see the reward, that that place in the future, and this is so, so cool about the science because the human brain is designed to actually experience the feelings of reward before the reward ever happens. And the way that happens is you paint a good picture of what that reward can look like. A lot of times I'll, I'll say to somebody, if you could wave a magic wand over this situation and it turn out exactly the way you want it to, what would it look like? But I don't stop there. The follow-up question is, and how would you feel if it worked out the way you want it to? Now you're starting to kick into that reward system. What's going on there? It's called the dopamine reward system. Now, there's a positive side to that and there's a negative side. It's the same system that unfortunately um, can, can enhance addictions. So we have to be careful with that. This, this whole process and what I'm talking about is not in any way intended to be manipulative. It's intended to fast track the influence process. And I assume when I'm telling you this, I'm assuming <laughs> that you're going to use it, you know, in a good way, not go over to the dark side. So, you know, be a partner with someone in their success, not try to manipulate them into a place where you succeed and they don't. If that's where you're going, just stop listening, go somewhere else. Because I want to talk to people who want to succeed in life, but want to help others succeed along with them. Um, and frankly, the best salespeople I know, the best leaders I know, the best owners of businesses I know, the most successful are those who do exactly that, kind of a servant leadership mode. Okay, so that was the dopamine reward system. Number three, the person being influenced enjoys being with you. That's just a very simple thing. Do they feel comfortable around you? Do they enjoy being with you? And that's where endorphins kick in. 
And the last or number four is the person being influenced engages their own energy into what you're saying, what you're selling, what you're telling, whatever it is. They start to engage their own energy into that idea or solution. That's adrenaline. That's the action hormone that kicks in. So if we think about an example, let's say there's a, let's say I'm a salesperson and I'm, well, let let me do it this way. I'm a salesperson trying to sell you on this concept of hot cognition uh, and influence. And here's what I will say. I've seen it work in my own life. I've seen it work in my family's life. I have seen the process of, of utilizing this, this concept of hot cognition to help people move past roadblocks in their lives, to move past the, the emotional load and burden they've been carrying, to really start to, to build internal resources that are greater than, than the external motivators that just don't help. They, they, they're unreliable. They're, you can't count on them to be there when you really need them. And so I've seen people become more agile, more resilient, uh, have more energy, be more successful, and really truly enjoy what they're doing. And, and, you know, I love to work with them and have fun with them and, and we work the problems out together as we move forward, uh, especially if I'm in like coaching mode with someone. Um, and if you would like to see yourself in the next year, be more successful and enjoy what you're doing along the way, this is the time to engage. I have just done all four steps with you in that example. and. It's not fake. It's not something you make up. It's not a script. It is truly authentically connecting and building trust with others. Now, I may not have a lot of credibility with you yet. I may not have a lot of reliability with you yet. I hope I'm making a connection because that's where it all starts. But I I hope over time you will see that I'm credible. You will know that I follow through and do what I say I'm going to do. And trust will be built so that I will have greater influence with you in the future. You can put that same practice into your life and your work. And it makes a difference. Frankly, it makes life more enjoyable. So again, this is not a manipulation technique. It's a genuine way to create mutually beneficial outcomes to create partnerships where everybody wins, to help others experience success through your specific expertise. People are smart. They're they're both rationally and emotionally smart. They'll know if you're not being authentic or genuine. So use this in a way that it's intended uh, to to create that, that joint venture approach to helping others be successful. And of course, you'll be successful along the way. So back to our exercises from earlier for just a minute. If everyone is dealing with a lot of different things, if they're stressed, if they have emotional load that is draining them, if there are distractions that are demanding time, focus, and energy, how do you get through all of that by creating 
by creating a place where people can breathe. What do I mean by that? Think about your challenges. When are you making your best decisions? When are you feeling your strongest? When are you your most successful? I know for me, it's when I have time to focus my energy to get the best possible outcomes. It isn't knee-jerk reactions. I don't make my best decisions then. It isn't when I'm emotionally triggered. I don't make my best decisions then. Oh my goodness, that's a whole nother episode I should probably do. Um, but bottom line, it's when, when I have the time to breathe, when I have some margin that I can use to stop, think, make my best decisions. How can this help you? How can this help you with other people when you're trying to influence them? Well, let me, let me share some real time data with you, uh, that can guide us down that pathway. And as I share this information, think of ways you can take the understanding I'm going to give you, the, the data and the, the understanding what it means, and turn it into more positive connections, more ways to build trust with others that, of course, we know will lead to greater influence. Recent study by Six Seconds, 66% of the U.S. population self-identifies as lonely. Think about that. Two-thirds of the people in the United States that, that were a part of this study in a large study say they're lonely. That's huge. So what can you do about that? Well, first, be a friend. Make genuine connections. And not just business-only connections. Remember step one in hot cognition. They, they need to trust you as a person. They need to see you as a person. What does that mean? It means you share some of yourself with them in an appropriate way, but, but go beyond the cut and dry business approach. Create a, a beneficial partnership or relationship with them. Show them that they are not alone. Loneliness is an epidemic in itself. Okay, the next, next data point. 57% of people feel a lot of stress every day in the U.S. workforce. That comes right out of the Gallup State of the Global Workplace study from, from this July. That's almost six out of 10 people are feeling a lot of stress. Well, no wonder it's hard to get a hold of people. No wonder response times are delayed. No wonder... It's a try and meet new people because six out of 10 people are dealing with a lot of stress. How can we, how can we cut through that? Provide moments of hope, provide moments of enjoyment, uh, provide value to people with no strings attached. That, that's step two and three in the hot cognition process we've talked about. Allow humor to be a part of the connection. Create space by prioritizing time for connections. I said hope a moment ago. Don't just give that lip service. 
Give them something real to hope for, a solution that makes a difference, a vision of what an improved future might look like. Keep that real, but but help people see right now so many people are looking down because they're stressed, that they can't see the horizon. And it may be a beautiful sunrise, but if they can't see it, they can't enjoy it and experience it. Help them do that. Share helpful ideas. Uh, Let them know they have you as a resource they can count on. Those are all ways that you can help people deal with the stress in their lives. And in many ways, what you're doing is you're providing a counter uh, to the to the negative stuff, to the, the, the stuff that's burdening them, the emotional burden that they're under. Hope, optimisms, there are so many ways to help other people. Third data point. 300% increase in emotional distress. 300% increase, people are saying, in emotional distress. So what can we do about that? Exercise optimism and empathy. Learn to navigate your own emotions and then help others better navigate theirs. It doesn't matter what your role is. You can be a good guide, a good coach, even a good leader, if you can figure out how to how to navigate your own emotions so that you get better outcomes and then you can start to help other people do the same thing in our in our immediate need for gratification world that that right now I have to have it right now world we live in so many people are living more and more in a in a repetitive cycle of emotions that aren't that productive or helpful they're they're looking for the next like on facebook they're like looking for the next person to make a comment on linkedin about something they posted and that's where they get their boost from remember what we talked about with external motivators they are notoriously unreliable so people are caught up in these cycles. And, you know, here you go again. Go back to, to step two in hot cognition. It's the dopamine reward system. Unfortunately, it's the bad side of it. It's the side where people are looking for those. It's almost like a gambler that, that keeps gambling until they win. And that just, they want to, and, and I'm not saying social media is that, um, but Bottom line, without balance, without tools to navigate emotions well, to to enhance optimism, to enhance and, and ap- apply empathy, people are struggling out there. And, and that's where we're getting all these numbers from. Come up with, with options for people. Recognize patterns in yourself and in others. Focus on more productive patterns. Be more intentional about the way you want to live your life and help others be more intentional about their decisions and and the pathways that they choose. These are just a few ways that you can start to ignite hot cognition in the mind of others. And you can break through all of that noise 
the distractions, the disruptions, and the worries. People are craving connection right now. There are many ways to connect in our world, but I'm speaking of the deep human need to connect with another person in a meaningful way, to have rich interactions, to learn and grow together, to share life with somebody else, to build a trusted friendship, to find a guide or a coach that can make a huge difference, to grow our personal community, to enhance the sense of belonging. We are wired to connect with others, to be a part of community, a family, a team, to share our passions with like-minded people. Do you want to succeed in today's reality? Then be who you are designed to be, a unique individual with unique talents, with unique skills, with unique experience. And then connect, build trust, and then you can influence other people. Leaders learn to lead themselves well first, then they learn how to lead other people. Great leaders can ignite hot cognition in the minds of their people or their followers. They can cast an exciting vision. They can engage not just the head and the hands of other people, but also engage their heart engage their emotions. Great leaders create a culture of learning, a culture of belonging and valuing other people. And they do it every day, one interaction at a time. I'll leave you with this. All of the science means nothing if we forget the purpose for it, to treat others like we want to be treated. So go out, connect, build trust so that you can influence, but do it from a genuine heart, an authentic method of connecting with people and do some more research and some more practice around using these steps of hot cognition and don't just use them with other people, <laughs> use it with yourself as well. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes as we journey together on this pathway to building a healthy organization. Also, check us out on YouTube at the same name, Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. And for additional information, feel free to visit our website, gscfit.com.